At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome in. It is The Edge, VSN, the sports betting network, and a good show on tap today. A lot of smart guys. Luke Finicaro is going to be with us in studio. Coming up in 15 minutes, Gam Blue, talk a little NFL. Wild Card Weekend, of course, is upon us. Wes Reynolds <clears throat> will be on the horn. Uh, we're going to discuss golf as we stay in Hawaii and a good golf tournament. We got news today out of that uh, yesterday, too, by the way. Bryson DeChambeau not going to play this weekend. Who cares? I'm with that. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau, for some reason, I don't know why. Just, you know what? It's annoying. Even watching him play this last week, I'm like, get him off the screen. Uh, he's one of my least uh, favorite players to watch. So Jordan Spieth's one of my favorites. Good riddance, buddy. I like to hear Jordan Spieth whine and complain. You and I were having a laugh uh, on Friday because some hot mics caught Jordan Spieth uh, during the tournament on uh, Thursday. Oh, my God. Complaining. He is is quite the whiner out there. There's no doubt about it. We'll talk golf betting with uh, Wes Reynolds. (coughs) You're up. There is no complaining, though, from some. Yeah, there were complaints last night. This is boring. This is terrible. No complaints from Georgia, though, as the Bulldogs get the monkey off the back. Kirby Smart outsmarts Nick Saban. Injuries help. 33-18, the final score. Bulldogs dropped 20 points in the fourth quarter to pull away for the natty last night, Matt Eumann. Yeah, this didn't work out the way I wanted. It was a 19-18 game in the fourth quarter. Alabama had the ball. And uh, I will say that live betting can backfire on you sometimes, but it helped me last night because when Jamison Williams, Alabama star wide receiver, went out with a knee injury, I said, okay, this is going to be bad news for the Bama offense. I took Georgia plus two and a half. I already had Bama plus three in the game. So the ideal uh, result for me is a, a one-point Georgia win. That works great, yep. you know, and, or a two-point Alabama win, whatever. Either way, it was going to be okay. But the Alabama defense fell apart. You had that pass interference penalty that was a huge play in the game. Got Georgia into field goal position. And then they punched in the touchdown and went ahead 26-18. Uh, to 18. By the way, Kirby Smart should have gone for two at that point to try to go up 27-18. Huh? Whoa, I don't know about that. Yes, he should have. You know that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't do it. He made a mistake, but he didn't have to pay for it uh, because uh, Bryce Young – I'm not going to blame him. I know he said it's on me last night after the game. He was under pressure all night. I think it was a combination of uh, fatigue and the Georgia pressure that uh, forced him into some really poor decisions on that uh, last Alabama drive when uh, the tide was down eight. If you remember, he had plenty of time left. Yep. And for some reason, he threw three deep balls in a row on uh, first and ten, second and ten, and third and ten. Take what the defense gives you. 
And uh, before you know it, it's going to be 26-24, and you're trying to tie the game. I don't know why he was trying to throw the ball deep. I think it was a combination of the pressure and fatigue, <laughs> and he's a young quarterback, and he made a couple bad decisions. And we have to give a lot of credit to Stetson Bennett because we questioned all year. Do we have to? Huh? He was bad for like 70% of well, the Well, but he made, he made the play to win no, the game. The, that, the throw that, downfield was That was money. an incredible yep, throw that, that I did not think he was capable of making, and that was the play of the game. A touchdown pass from Stetson Bennett. That, that turned everything around. I mean, this guy was a walk-on, went to junior college. Uh, he's been called the weak link of the Georgia football team, and he came through in a matter last night. Uh, in the second half, there were a lot of people, including Joel Klatt of Fox Sports, on Twitter saying, why is – JT Daniels not in this game. If he can walk, he should be in. A lot of people calling for the benching of Stetson Bennett last night. And then uh, he steps up and saves the Bulldogs. And uh, they win that game 33-18. Barely stays under the total. I think a lot of people who played that live total under got burned by that uh, run of uh, scoring at the end there. Because this looked like it was going to be... Yeah, you know, uh, a 17-16 type of game. Yep, and the three, three last night, so there was the two things. One, uh, of course, when you lose Jamison Williams, that doesn't help uh, to the knee injury. Especially yeah. when Mechie was already went yep. down. You talk about cluster injuries, your top two wide receivers are then gone. A combined 171 catches in the first 14 games of the season, those yeah. two, that aren't going to be out there on the field. Uh, and then, But still, you're in it the entire way. Second half, though, humans, the first three drives for Alabama, interception, blocked field goal, and then settling for a field goal inside the, what, 10-yard line or so right. for Alabama. Not going to win many games like that. So all of those things come together for Georgia getting the win. Uh, and that defense, right? The defense was great. It was really solid the second time around. And a, you know what? Really well-officiated game, too. <laughs> really well officiated. I don't know about that. It was, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Ridiculous game. Right from the right from the jump. Bryce Young's, you know, fumble that ended up not being a fumble to the fumble that was not a like was a fumble. Oh, it was it was an insane game. But ultimately we move on to next year. 33 to 18. Really looking forward to seeing these two again in the title game. <laughs> you know the uh, the odds are out for uh, next season. Alabama the favorite. Shocking. It's a stu- it's a stunner. I saw a tweet last but, night uh-huh. like from a college I can't remember who it was so I apologize, but it was something on the lines of like if you think this Alabama team's great, just wait till you see what they got next year. And That's it's like a- shocking, really. Okay. Wow. I think it was right. Brad Powers. Was it Brad Powers? Okay. Brad yeah. Powers said this Alabama team's going to pale in comparison yeah, yeah, to what Nick, Brad, Sab- right. Nick Saban's going to bring back next year. Bama's going to be number 1 next year. Stunner. Uh Georgia's going to be in the top 5. Ohio State's going to be back up there. <laughs> you know, it's uh, hey, at least Cincinnati got a shot. All the usual though, right? suspects. Well, and so, Michigan. Uh, at least Cincinnati, Michigan got their shot. You know, the the thing is, a lot of people are mocking Cincinnati for that performance and say, "Well, non-power five schools never going to get in the playoff again." It was seventeen uh, six late in the third quarter in that game. It's not like Cincinnati got embarrassed by Alabama. By the way, there there are a lot of power five teams that would get embarrassed by Alabama. Yeah. Michigan got embarrassed right. by Georgia. So. I don't think Cincinnati uh, did anything to uh, fuel the critics or say that non-power five teams are a joke. But, you know, until the playoff expands, we're probably not going to see another non-power five team in. That's right. just the way it goes. And, and my, my poking fun is just at the big, you know me, it's the big picture thing where even if we expand the playoffs, at the end of the day, how much, how many times are the expanded playoffs going to get you something outside of something similar to last night, which was Georgia-Alabama? Whether it's going to be any of the power, we're calling the power five in terms of the right. five programs. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, you know? Uh, probably not, but, you know, then again, football injuries can come into play. Things can happen. Uh, I, I think USC is going to probably make a rise. We'll see what happens with um, 
with uh, Notre Dame and LSU, Texas, some of these teams have a chance to uh, get back in the picture. Uh, you don't see Cinderella's in college football. You no. just, that just doesn't happen. BYU from the mid-1980s is not going to happen now. No, no, it is not. You see the odds there again. Alabama, Georgia, 2-1. to one. Ohio State, 6-1. to one. Clemson, 8-1. to one. These courtesy of BetMGM. And then you get the gap, 35-1. Uh, to one. You get four teams at that odds. Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and USC. All right, who would you take a shot on? Would you, I mean, do you go USC? Our USC might be worth a shot. Uh, the recruiting's really picked up with uh, Lincoln Riley. A good uh, shot that they'll make their way into the playoff, right? And then who knows what happens from there. Yeah, I can't take another SEC team like right. LSU because, uh, I mean, you got to get through Bama and Georgia and uh, all the power, power teams in the SEC. I think USC might uh, – I hate to play the college football futures board. Oh, there's – yeah. There's so little value on the college football futures board, and I think – you know, if you're going to look at something, you have to look at a long shot. Maybe I'm not even sure 35 to one's enough to get me to buy it on USC. I, it would have to be 40, 50 to one, maybe something like that. Because given the realities, right? Like even like look at a team like let's talk about uh, you know I don't know uh, Miami for example or something. Like if you, the reality is you should probably be getting like a hundred to one, even better on a team like that yeah. at this point, right? Right. So. And you have to talk about making it into the playoff and making a pass team. So I would agree with that. Futures hunting at this point right now is as investing long as you have a short a, price at 6-1 to one or 8-1 to one in Clemson or Ohio State. As the playoffs expand, I think uh, the odds board becomes a little bit more intriguing, more right. of an option. Mm-hmm. But when you have four teams in a playoff, <laughs> it's a lot of times not even worth looking at the college football futures board unless you think, hey, there's value on Alabama at 3-1. to one. Yeah. yeah. Well, not like college basketball, baby. Good slate of college basketball games today. College hoops, uh, what do we got like? 20-ish, 30-ish games, something later tonight? a bunch of good games on the schedule tonight. Uh, one game I had circled for a month. It was going to be my biggest play today. It got postponed. So oh, which one was it? That was uh, Purdue at Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Purdue uh, with a tight contest over the weekend against Penn State. All right. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, we should talk look because we're going to get to um, the National Football League with Lou Finacaro, and there's a lot to discuss in terms of a lot of these contests and where these numbers are going and where they could ultimately get to. But I think at the end of the day, when we look at the, uh, the entire screen at this point right now, Matt Humans, we've been pretty much status quo across the board in terms of these numbers for Wild Card Weekend. I think the biggest move and the biggest change right now worth discussing is that first game on Saturday, Cincinnati down to a five-and-a-half point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I'm not really sure why this is down to five-and-a-half because I think the situation is really unenviable for the Raiders. Let's put it that way. you got that emotionally and physically draining game. Sunday night against the Chargers. You got a quick turnaround. Derek Carr and the Raiders have to hit the road to go to Cincinnati. And the Bengals more or less rested after uh, sitting Joe Burrow and a lot of guys in that season finale at Cleveland. First time these teams played, it was 32-13. But, as you mentioned yesterday, with five minutes to go, it was 16-13. And it's not like Joe Burrow lit up the Raiders' defense. He passed for 148 yards in that game. So I, I believe the Raiders can be competitive here, but I can't bet the Raiders... JVT, because it's such a bad situational spot to yeah. play the early game on Saturday on the road after you played the emotional Sunday night game. Especially because the Bengals are wearing the same uniforms they did the last time they had a playoff win, right? It's a pretty big thing. I can't too. remember Bengals' last playoff win. <laughs> I was watching I was watching Siciliano. <laughs> they had a report this morning, and they unveiled it. I was like, wow, what a stat. You've got to file that away for humans. He'll love it. What year was it? Like 1980-something? 
Ken, Kenny Anderson, yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, don't quote me on Boomer it. Esiason. I, I kind of uh, tuned out after, yeah. but I was like, yeah, well, what a number. Uh, I, and the Red I Rifle and uh, Marvin Lewis never won a playoff game. No, they did not. There's so been a while. There's a lot of people are going to be hyped up in uh, Cincy to win this game this week. But I, I agree with the sentiment that I, I would think, like in, a, like in a vacuum, the Raiders would be the side given the matchup and the number, what we saw the first time around. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that while I like this Bengals team, clearly the market's – pumped up the power rating on Cincinnati given the way that they ended the season. Still a pretty flawed team. And yeah. the Raiders can run the ball relatively well against this front seven. Darren Waller's back. Right. So I'm really yeah. curious, uh, you know, where this number ultimately, five and a half's dead, but if we start to creep back to six and a half, or maybe if the support for the Raiders, because they're the team that, what does Chuck say? Been playing playoff football for a while now. They have been. Uh, uh, they had to win four in a row to get into the tournament, and um, <laughs> they played their way in. The Raiders did winning four in a row, but you asked me Sunday night what I thought the opener would be before this game was put up, and I said, ah, four and a half, maybe five. Yeah. Uh, so this number's coming back towards my initial number. But that said, I think it's such a bad spot for the Raiders, I can't play that side. All right, when we come back, let's talk to Lou Finicaro, one of our handicappers, of course, for Point Spread Weekly. Talk a little wild card weekend with Lou and what he likes this weekend. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows to download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsn.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book, Market Insights, Hardwood Handicappers, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and more, all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Lou Finicaro in studio with us, JVT. Host of, uh, what is it, the About Business podcast? Is that right? Yes, sir. See Thank you. Have? And uh, after, you know, being on the shelf for three weeks uh, at the end of the year, we're ready to kick the dust off and begin again. There's a fight card this week. Yes, and that's what we're going to spend all of our time talking about now. I hope uh, not. <laughs> uh, uh, I enjoy Kevin Cater, but, uh, yeah, let's talk uh, a couple of other things. National Football League, how about this? So we get a really good matchup, rematch between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Balmy weather this weekend, nine degrees this coming weekend in the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots matchup. Bills four with a total of 43 and a half. So I'll give it to you, Lou, because humans and I talked about this Sunday on our opening line show. Um, it does seem pretty interesting that the market initially opened this up four and a half, given three point spread, both matchups and a split between the two in the regular season series. 
It was surprising to me too, JVT, because I, I make my numbers out. I make the line two and a half Buffalo with a 42 and a half, and, and I missed pretty good on each. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, maybe it's a little recency on Buffalo and the fact that the Patriots did struggle coming down the line a little bit. But to me, uh, division foes, the third time meeting, we're going to be outside in cold weather. Uh, I, I've got a coach that I'm going to give to the Patriots side. I may give the quarterback. I'll have to give the quarterback to the Bills side, but I'm not afraid of the quarterback for the Patriots because he's, if he has it going his way, he's going to hand the ball off 28 or 30 times in this game. And the Buffalo defense, little undersized, and they rate really well. But I think if Buffalo gets behind, what running game they have and they don't becomes totally uh, contingent on Allen, the quarterback. I think that's too much pressure. I think it's a good spot for New England. But more importantly, I see a really tight ball control kind of a game out of New England. And I think it's going to be hard to beat Belichick with that ball control kind of an attitude. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because uh, last night's national championship game, Alabama-Georgia was a tight ball control type of game. And then scoring exploded at the end and it went over the total. I, th I think if the Patriots want to win this game, they have to control the game on the ground like you're talking about. And that would play well to the under. Uh, is your better play here under the total? That's that would be yeah. my. I, I played it early in the week, 43 and a half. I still think there's 43s out there, although I've seen a couple of 42 and a halfs. As we get closer to the weekend, anything can happen in Buffalo. And of course, COVID never helps an over. So any kind of COVID news is going to contribute to the under. Really quickly, um, to give you the specific weather update. So 9 degrees is going to be the expected temperature over the weekend, but only about 10-mile-an-hour winds and uh, no chance of precipitation. So it's just going to be cold. So for anybody out there right, or expecting maybe low scores because of weather, it might not be the case. I think it's more the way that the mm -hmm. game is played. And to add to lose point humans, if you look at some of the numbers for Buffalo, 29th in defending power situations, right? Those yards of two runs are shorter, first and goal to go inside the two-yard line. They are 29th in that. They are 13th in second-level yards allowed per carry and 31st in open field yards allowed per carry. So a lot of big runs allowed. And we saw a big run by Damian Harris in that first matchup on Monday night. Yeah, we did. Before he limped off with a hamstring injury. Yep. Uh, but the Patriots, I think, in, uh, in pretty good shape to give the Bills all they can handle in this game. And that's going to be the uh, second game on Saturday. Lou, I want to talk to you about Monday Night Football. You drove up from Arizona today. The Cardinals are road warriors just like you. 8-1 and one straight up in ATS on the road. They won in L.A. 37-20 in early October. Uh, but they are one and four in their last five games since the middle of December. Uh, how, how are you looking at this uh, Monday night football game? Cardinals, Rams with uh, L.A. down from four and a half to four. Total of 49 and a half. Yeah, I mean, the trend of the Cardinals playing so great on the road it hopefully continues for them simply because they've looked so putrid lately. Key will be getting Hopkins back. Both their running backs are returning. I think that the stock is as low as you can go on Arizona right now. And meanwhile, uh, the Rams... Uh, what a what a heavy favorite, and by heavy I mean weighty. I, that's that's hard to take the Rams even at home and lay points. Mm -hmm. uh, I think by the time this game kicks around, that four and a half shows up again. I think there's going to be public on the home team, and it's going to set me up to have to look at Arizona. My hesitation is that in this game, 
coaching experience in playoff goes with L.A. And while I don't think Stafford's the greatest quarterback around, I got to give him maybe at least an even keel with uh, with uh, uh, the kid for Arizona, whose name I'm forgetting Kyler right Murray. now, Kyler Murray. So Matthew Stafford's got nine turnovers in the last four games. Kyler Murray has not looked good in the last month. I want you to explain, if you can, why the Cardinals are so good on the road and so bad at home. You know what, Matt? That's a great question. I wish I had any kind of a sensible answer for that. The one thing that I would say is that perhaps away, there's less pressure on coach and quarterback, and they're both young and inexperienced. Yeah, and humans, I know you like this. Uh, turnover-worthy play rate of Matt, for Matthew Stafford over the last three weeks, 8.1%. So 8% of his dropbacks, he's committing a turnover-worthy That's more than play. double what it should be, right? Uh, yeah, that's not really good. And, yeah, he's committed nine over the last three games. So to me, that, that makes the difference in this matchup, like Stafford's, the way that he's put the ball in danger over the last few weeks, you, you can get away with it against a shorthanded Baltimore Ravens team. You can do that. But in a situation like this where you're laying points in a playoff game, it's kind of hard to get behind a quarterback like that, right? All right, let's go to what I think is one of the bigger mismatches uh, from a purely like X's and O's, what you do well, we do even better. And that would be Tampa Bay and Philadelphia, Lou, because I think Philly is going to have a really tough time running against this front seven of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they had a tough time in that matchup earlier in the season. Uh, we got some late shenanigans, point spread shenanigans that got them inside of the number. What do you make of this matchup now? It's eight and a half with a total of 49. We saw nines appear. Those came off of the board. So it's been eight and a half pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I think I'm going to get to that part, Jonathan, but first I'm going to start with the fact that Tampa Bay's offensive pass uh, proficiency is excellent. Number one DVOA going against mm -hmm. a Philadelphia pass defense 25. So should the Bucks get a lead, uh, I don't care how good Philly runs the ball, it's going to put them in a terrible predicament, especially since they rely on the quarterback to do the running, and that quarterback I believe is over his skis when it comes to having to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. I think if this thing gets out of hand, you could see Minshew sooner than later. I can't can't make a very reasonable claim for Philadelphia being competitive in this game. You got an opinion on the total? I know you like to play totals. Anything on this game or another total on the board? I'm I'm an underplaying fool, and I'm really <laughs> wrestling with alligators this week to try and find one. I hate to say yeah. it, but I think it could be Arizona and the Rams. The Undertaker. That's what I called Mike Palm, and that's what you are too when it comes to uh, football. Uh, one more game to talk about here before we let you go. I know you got very important things to do this afternoon. Here's yes, I South Point. Uh, how about Bengals hosting the Raiders? And this is not a good spot for the Raiders off the Sunday night game, playing the first game Saturday afternoon in Cincinnati. But do you still think the Raiders can be live dogs here, catching five and a half, number down from six and a half? Both coaches without playoff experience, both quarterbacks without playoff experience, that evens the field for me. Uh, when I made the line here, I made it five. Started six or six and a half, that seemed a little high to me, despite the Raiders. Every handicap looking at the Raiders puts them in what we call a bad spot, yet this number went six to five and a half. I think that might be indicative of early sharp play. I believe that those willing to be patient We'll surely get that six, maybe six and a half back as we get closer to the game and the public gets involved. And if so, you know, 
I, I hate this wild card round is traditionally chalky, very, very chalky. So I think you have to take uh, a look at dogs very selectively, but this is Raiders or pass for me. Well, this is a super wild card round. So this is this, a new world. So it's even, yeah. Oh, so okay. It's a, I guess we're going to break a whole bunch of trends. So we right. got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. Lou, you are the uh, UFC writer for Point Spread Weekly uh, in the last minute and a half or so. Tell us what we got coming up for the fights. This weekend, I know we got a, a really good uh, fight coming up. I think the, the following week or January twenty second. Yeah, we have heavyweights Gagne and Ngannou, yeah. and that's sure to uh, excite everyone in the next. I think it's two seventy one. Uh, this card, we've we've had some attrition. Listen, this COVID thing's driving sports nuts, but it's not going to impede the UFC main event this Saturday at the Apex here in Vegas. Chikadze against Cater. Cater, strong, durable, tough as leather. Uh, a forward moving, uh, works off a jab kind of a boxer. Has some wrestling background. Chikadze, since he's been in diapers, has been taught how to be a world class kickboxer. He has. Has unbelievable tools, aggression, a floor game no one's seen, and he's just too fast, too long, too explosive for Cater in this fight. I think he should be the favorite, uh, maybe not quite as high as he is at minus 240, but the over two and a half in this fight does not give Cater the credibility for the durability that I believe he possesses. And over two and a half, I, I tweeted it when it opened at one minus 140. It's now minus 170. I'd get it soon before it went any higher. Follow him on Twitter at Gamblue. By the way, it's fitting you're here. We get breaking news. That is official UFC 272 headline, Covington and Masvidal. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, man. Good to talk to you. Appreciate it as always. We'll be back. Wes Reynolds joins us to break down the high golf tournament coming up this week. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. The Big Game, Big Dance Special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now, get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access to upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com and everything we offer. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't mess out on one of the best deals of the year, vsin.com slash big deal. Sign up today, vcin.com slash big deal. Wes Reynolds is kind of a big deal. Yeah, he is. I heard that he was uh, flaunting his Indiana statehood. Last, last night, night, he was uh, very proud of the championship game being in his hometown of Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Wes Reynolds is with us now. Nice enough to give us some time today. Break away from the uh, thinking back finally on his hometown. Wes, good to talk to you, buddy. All right, we have a lot to get to, uh, humans. I'll let you direct us. Do you want to go hockey? Or, excuse me, hockey. Do you want to go hoops? Or do you want to go golf first? We're going to go golf first because uh, all three members of the Longshots crew hit a winner last week, Cameron Smith, at 25-1. to 1. And, Wes, I know we had to sweat that one out because John Rahm pushed him to the limit, 34-under and 33-under at the uh, plantation course in Maui at uh, Kapalua. Now we sw- flip over to Honolulu this week. And you mentioned to me last night, I think you said six of the last seven winners in Honolulu played in Maui the previous week, correct? Actually, now seven of the last eight. The uh, one outlier actually was Cameron Smith, the winner last week, who did win this event in 2020, a very windy event there. Kevin Na added to it last year. But 
yeah, you see a lot of these guys, I think they have advantage at least getting some rounds under their belt in Kapalua. All right, we'll talk about some of those guys who played last week, Wes, and uh, who you're Got me? Yeah, we got you. And uh, who you're targeting this week in uh, Honolulu is the guys who played the previous week. Uh, you and I have a couple of common plays here. I think Mark Leishman and Kevin Kistner each on our card this week. Yeah, and I'll start with Leishman. Actually, he was the partner of Cameron Smith last year when they won that team event in New Orleans. Good form, top 10 last week. He was second in greens and regulation behind John Rahm, who you mentioned earlier. And go back to December, was T3 at that 2B shootout with Jason Day, third at the Shriners, fourth out at the uh, Fortinet out in uh, Napa Valley. So he's played well over the course of the, of the fall. Got some really good finishes here. He's got several top fives here, including last year. He was fourth and then third in uh, 2019. So really good form here at Wildlife Country Club. Uh, also Kevin Kisner. I know we were talking about him last night, Matt. 35 to 1, tops in this week's field for driving accuracy. One of the best Bermuda grass putters on the tour. Also has wins both at Sea Island for the RSM Classic and at Sedgefield, which are really strongly correlated courses, I think, to where they're playing in Honolulu this week. So on those guys, and a couple mid 40 to 50 to 1 shots, Billy Horschel, Seamus Power, those were both guys that played in Kapalua last week as well. Also, Wes, we should mention our uh, late friend Brian Blessing of Passaway Sunday. A couple of his favorite players, Mark Leishman and Brandon Grace. And I know Jeff Sherman of the Westgate Superbook uh, texted me this morning and said, uh, we got to play Brandon Grace this week in honor of Blessing. And you can find 100 to 1 odds on him. Does he fit the profile this week? He does, and he did make my card. And you brought that angle up, Matt, and I was just thinking about that because Brian loved to play those two guys. He loved to play the Australians and the South Africans in general. Louis Ustays and add him to that kitty if he was in the field this week. But, yeah, Brandon Grace fits the profile in terms of being very good on a coastal golf course. He won last year in Puerto Rico for me at about 20 to 1. So he likes to play these type of courses. One at the RBC Heritage. Harbor Town is also one of a correlated group of courses with Wiley this week. So would not surprise me to see Leishman and or Grace near the top of the leaderboard. All right, last thing, Wes, on the golf tournament. Sony Open in Hawaii this week in Honolulu. We go to Wiley Country Club uh, from Maui this week. And uh, several of the faces you saw in Maui are going to show up in Honolulu and worth a play this week. Aside from the futures board, Wes, what are you going to look to play on the matchups? Yeah, I did go against Cameron Smith this week just because I thought you were getting a good price on Sun JM, $1.20, $1.25. And Smith won a windy event a couple of years ago, but I think just coming off that high of the win, Sun JM I thought played really solid. He was on the first phase of the leaderboard last week. Webb Simpson's another guy that they have matched up against Cameron Smith. I did not bet Webb Simpson on the future board, but – he fits the profile here. He's actually making his debut because he didn't win an event last year. But maybe uh, taking some dogs against the uh, previous week's winner, I think, is going to work out. Wes Reynolds with us. All right, let's talk a little college hoops. So you got three games on your card, Wes. So let's start in the SEC. Alabama taking on Auburn. This looked like it's uh, going to be a track meet. Total of 156 or 156 and a half. You get two top 20 teams in terms of efficiency. You get two top 60 teams in terms of tempo. And uh, Alabama up to a three-point favorite over Auburn. Yeah, I didn't really get the best of it, John, but I did lay the money line here, $1.45, I think $1.50-ish out there in the market right now. And really, 
Auburn likes to do that press, and they're pressing more this year because they'll gamble for steals a little bit simply because they have really good shot blockers, including Walker Tesler, the North Carolina transfer, the seven-footer, actually rates number one in terms of block percentage. So they will gamble for steals and allow you to drive and kind of funnel you into their big guys who can block shots. But Alabama, eighth in the country at the rim in terms of two-point percentage. So Alabama, I don't think, is going to be bothered really necessarily by this press. I think that's actually the way that they want to play. So had a bad effort against Missouri on Saturday. They were down big, rallied late to make it competitive, but a poor performance against a really bad Mizzou team. I think that this is a good bounce back. This should be an up-tempo game, but I like the tide. It's going to be a good one tonight. Total 156. I sent in Alabama minus two as a play last night for the Follow the Money show in the VSN email. This number's up to three right now at the South Point, and I like the tide here off a loss to Missouri, and uh, I like their guards quite a bit. But if you're going to watch this game tonight, watch Jabari Smith for Auburn mm-hmm. because this guy could be the number one pick in the draft, 6'10 freshman shooting 45% from three. West, does any team have a better win this season than Bama? Uh, beating Gonzaga on a neutral court up in Washington, 91-82 on December 4th. Yeah, I, I think that was a great win. And I think, uh, look, Nate Oates' guys, they like to get up-tempo. They're very athletic. Uh, also a very good win, albeit a controversial one at the end against Houston, a goaltending that was not called. Houston obviously not happy about that result. But, yeah, I think this is the bounce back for Alabama and I think that they'll be able to get maybe a couple of those shot blockers. You mentioned Smith, also Walker Kessler. Get one of those guys in foul trouble because Auburn is not, or Alabama is not going to be bashful about going to the 10. That's how they want to play. All right, Wes, let's move on. Big 10 basketball here. Uh, Jalen Pickett and the Nittany Lions are going to take on Rutgers. Had a tough one against Purdue over the weekend. They covered, but they lost that one at home. How do you feel about this matchup against the Scarlet Knights? Yeah, I bought three minus $1.20. There's some two-and-a-halves out there in the market. I did take Rutgers. Just simply put, I don't know what Penn State is really going to have left here because they've had three big efforts to start the year. They got that win over Indiana. Then they go on the road and beat Northwestern. Not a great Northwestern team, but still winning a game on the road in the Big Ten is a good feat for a young program. And then, like you mentioned, they had Purdue down to the wire until Purdue kind of put it at bay in about the final 45 seconds, so 74-67 final. But I like what Rutgers is doing right now. They started the season out very, very slowly, but they've gotten Geo Baker back. He missed a few games in December, lost the first game back against Seton Hall. Then they had a COVID pause, played two kind of cream puffs in Maine and Central Connecticut. But then Geo Baker had 27 against Michigan. They went and beat them, and then a romp over Nebraska on Saturday. This Rutgers team is a veteran team with Geo Baker and McConnell, Harp, Ron Harper Jr. They got three senior starters. Penn State's a young team. I think Micah Shrewsbury is going to get them turned around at some point. He's an Indiana guy and coached under Brad Stevens, also coached under Matt Painter. Mike is a good coach, but he's got kind of a mismatch of players. Had like three returners and then a bunch of transfers. You mentioned Pickett being one of those transfers. I just don't know how much energy Penn State is going to have left, so I'll take Rutgers in the small number. Wes Reynolds on Twitter at Wes Reynolds one Also read him on Point Spread Weekly each week. Uh, Wes, last one here, 627 on the rotation. DePaul plus seven at Marquette. Why do you like the Blue Demons? Yeah, and DePaul really, it's kind of like there's two teams going in opposite directions, so I'm going to buy as low as possible. DePaul has lost four in a row. 
Marquette, the uh, big win over Providence, who was rolling at the time, and then they went to Georgetown and beat a bad Hoyas team. I think this is kind of a sell-high spot on Marquette a little bit, and I'm going to go with the Blue Demons, two very fast-paced tempo teams, like top 40 in tempo here. So I'm going to go with DePaul to kind of get off the schneid. Follow him on Twitter, Wes Reynolds1. Wes, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, fellas. All right. Ladies' man as well, from what I hear from last night. Yeah, we were at Doug Kazarian's party last night to watch the game. and uh, Doug, the life of the party. Uh, there was an attractive lady there, and Wes was all over her last night. And they, they took a liking to each other. <laughs> I bet. Love it, first sight. Uh, and first mention of Indianapolis as well. All right, we have a lot to get to in the last few minutes, uh, including a little bit more on the National Football League and Wild Card Weekend and this coming weekend, of course. And best bets. A lot of emotional support over the last 24 hours for your boy, John Von Tobel. We'll discuss why <laughs> on the other side here on The Edge. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com slash find warning product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical you know what i gotta say matt humans mm-hmm. i should extend some thanks here to the people out there you know this is an unforgiving and ruthless business that we're in and sometimes when you get hot people love you and sometimes when you get cold the people will pile on they'll destroy you they'll insult you social media right everybody's right. got an opinion the moral support that I have received over the last few days, uh-huh. it's Jonathan Montobo. Huh? Ah, it's it's you could do it, JVT. You're gonna break out of this slump, JVT. Yeah, it's been great because uh, oh boy, 
Was that Wes Reynolds tweeting? No, well, maybe if he's yeah. got a burner. Uh, because if you want a visual representation of how I've been selecting NBA games, it's been like this. Like, can't even get my nose. It's been pretty bad. And Giannis and the Bucks let me down yesterday. Bucks minus two against the Charlotte Hornets. That is a loss. So to fall down, there's still plenty of leeway, though, after the good start to the season. So. I was going to say, you're 51 and 34. What's the, uh, the run over the past week or 10 days? One and seven. Okay. Yeah, so one and seven, but still holding strong, 51 and 34. Today's the day, huh? That's what I was told on social media. Hey, Dave Koken's veteran uh, handicapper. I've seen him do this for years. Even when Dave goes on a losing streak, if he has one good night, he's like, all right, I'm back. I've had it turned around. <laughs> back so, on the horse. Yeah, you have to have a positive mindset. Ah, it's, a, yeah. it's a long season. Yeah. All sort of things that will happen over the course of a season. <laughs> Just like, and it's the end of the sport like the NBA, too. But regardless, course, yeah. two plays today. Thunder plus 9.5 against the Washington Wizards and Pelicans plus 3.5 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Thunder really, it's, you know, look, it's a play on the number of these two teams met at the end of November. This was a six-and-a-half-point spread that the Washington Wizards failed to cover. Now we're talking about nine-and-a-half. It's also interesting because the Thunder, or excuse me, the um, Wizards were laying seven-and-a-half just the other day at home against Houston, and now they're laying nine-and-a-half against the Thunder, even though they're only missing Kenrich Williams. I don't think there's a two-point difference between those two clubs. So I'm going to take that. This is a Washington team that is very poor defensively. It has been for most part of the season. And an interesting matchup, too, you get a Thunder team that leads the league and drives per game as a team, takes the 14th most shots within four feet of the basket, so they dribble penetration is the whole deal. One of the worst rim defenses in the NBA, Washington Wizards. It'll be interesting to see what that matchup is like. So give me the Thunder, plus that 9.5 against the Washington Wizards. And uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, we'll put it simply, there's a lot of matchups I think that work with the Pelicans I wrote about today, specifically really good rebounding team. And the Timberwolves have really struggled to keep teams off the offensive glass right. two through three games. The New Orleans Pelicans, a 38% offensive rebounding rate. They've grabbed 38% of their misses through three games against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's been a matchup the Timberwolves have had trouble with. They are 2-1 and one straight up against them, but 1-2 and two against the spread. So give me the 3.5. Boom. All right, two plays for you tonight in the association. You got two plays in the NFL. Yeah, we discussed these yesterday, so we'll go through those quick. Bucks minus 8.5 against the Eagles. Pretty poor matchup for Philly and Patriots plus 4.5 against the Buffalo Bills. Now where it gets interesting, and I know that you and I share a play here in college hoops, that's worth discussing. And this is somewhat informationally based, too, but uh, two plays, both in the Mountain West. San Jose State, plus 14.5 against Fresno State, and then New Mexico, plus 6.5 against UNLV. Uh, first off on San Jose State, you know, you and I have discussed this. I like the San Jose State team. In certain situations, they've been a pretty competitive team. Very good against the number up to this point this season. Also taking on a Fresno State team that has not played since the end of uh, December, right? They lost to Boise State, 65-55. Mm -hmm. to 55. Could be missing some guys uh, due to COVID and a little bit of a layoff. I think staying within a number like that for a well-coached team in San Jose State uh, is a possibility. And then New Mexico catching 6.5. Uh, there's some COVID issues for the Rebels. Uh, some of the quotes coming out of the program are, some guys better be ready to play 40 minutes tonight mm -hmm. against New Mexico. It's not a deep Rebels team anyway. It could be a little bit shorthanded tonight, so uh, I'm with you on that play. But I'll get to the NFL first. Uh, first play I put up, and we talked about Sunday night, Patriots plus four and a half against the Bills. Pats have lost three of the last four. Mac Jones, six TDs, five interceptions during that stretch. He has not played well. Um, I don't know if he's hit the rookie wall or what the deal is. I will say in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, he was better, nine for nine, 121 yards. The Pats had that seven-game win streak, and you wonder if they peaked at yeah. that point. But I still think this is a pretty good matchup against the Bills, a team they've dominated for the last couple decades. But the, the matchup in this game is a Patriots running, running attack against that Bills defense. It can be run on. We saw it the first time in Buffalo, and I think the Patriots are going to try to control this game on the ground. Mac Jones makes a few plays here and there, and the Bill Belichick's defense keeps this thing tight enough to give the Pats a shot to win it. I thought four and a half was uh, too high a number at the opener. 
I didn't really think we'd ever see anything higher than three and a half. So I took four and a half with that. Niners plus three against the Cowboys. Uh, this is probably going to end up being a pros versus Joes type of game. We're going to have mm-hmm. the pros on the dog and the uh, the betting public on the Cowboys. And uh, I don't know for sure who's right here, but I'm taking the Niners. And I wish I would have got three and a half. I don't think that three and a half is going to come back. But JVT, when you look inside the box score of that Niners-Rams game last week, it was really telling. The Niners outgained the Rams 449 to 265. They ran about the same number of plays, 67 and 64. So yards per play, 6.7 to 4.1 in favor of the 49ers. And I think it's really a, it's a different, more dynamic offense when you got Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle out there. And uh, it seems like Jimmy G with the thumb is going to be able to operate efficiently enough. And, you know, I like to fade the Cowboys off a big performance. And uh, that's what we've got here with the Cowboys winning that blowout in Philly last week. And this is a, obviously this is the sharper money. money was on the Niners, a yeah. plus four, plus three and a half. But uh, we we got to take plus three right now because I don't I don't think that three and a half is coming back. If it does, um, it's probably going to happen late in the week or on game day. Well, I was just going to point out, like you know, the front seven for the Cowboys uh, very average statistically against the run. Oh, yeah. Like football outsiders by their metrics, they have a lot of these different run metrics defensively. Uh, no higher than thirteenth in a lot of what football outsiders track. So Niners going to move the ball the here. I, I actually think it's going to be a high scoring game, but. I've been burned enough on totals. Let's go uh, Cardinals plus four against the Rams. Talked about this a little bit with uh, Uncle Lou when he was in studio today. Cardinals, I don't know why, but they're so much better on the road. So this is the role where you have to play the Cardinals. Eight and one straight up and ATS on the road. And uh, they beat the Rams 37-20 in L.A. in early October. And again, I know Kyler Murray has not looked good for the past month. Hmm. But Matthew Stafford's got nine turnovers in the past four games. And this Rams defense, uh, I just talked about, I gave up – Six point seven yards per play to the Niners, and let Jimmy G drive what eighty five yards in a minute twenty with yep. no timeouts uh, last week. So I think this Rams defense is reeling right now. Let's play the Cardinals in the dog roll. Patriots uh, taking the points, and uh, also going to play the Forty uh, ers and the Cardinals. Let's get the college hoops tonight. As I mentioned earlier, with uh, Wes, Alabama minus two against Auburn. Bama off a loss. I think it's going to be a good bet tonight. Uh, coming home, that number has gone up from uh, two to three. If you want to play Bama now, I'd say probably play the money line. I think this is going to be a, a really entertaining game tonight. I, I'm looking forward to watching this, but it's going to be a tight one. I think Bama gets the win. Uh, New Mexico plus six and a half against UNLV. It's uh, six or five and a half now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, UNLV is a really poor three-point shooting team. One thing the Lobos do well is shoot the three. Over the weekend, they played Utah State at the pit in Albuquerque, led by 15 at the half. They hit 17 of 34 threes in that game. Jamal Mashburn Jr. Uh, had 29 points, eight assists. And I think uh, off that overtime loss to Utah State, you're going to get the best effort out of the Lobos tonight, who typically play well in Vegas anyway. And you throw in the COVID issues with UNLV, I think you have to take the six or six and a half here with the Lobos. Yep. That's a late, late start tonight, by the way. 8 p.m. tip-off on the West Coast. Also in golf, also talked about these a little bit, and they're going to be in point spread weekly. And on the uh, Short Shots podcast today with Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds, your guy, Dexy Matsuyama. Mats. Mott's an 18 to one. Going to play him this week. Uh, Mott's was 15 under last year on this course. He tied for 12th here in 2020. He played pretty well last week as well. He plays well in Hawaii, yeah. man. He does play well in Hawaii. So we're going to go 18 to one with him. Mark Leishman, 20 to one. Leishman's got four top tens 
on this course. He played well last week. He tied for 10th, by the way, in Maui a week ago. The Aussies play well in Hawaii. Kevin Kistner, one of the best putters in the world. We're going 35-1. to Kistner's got a two recent ties for fourth on this course. If you look back at the last five years at this tournament, nobody really profiles better than Webb Simpson and Kevin Kistner on this course. A 35-1 to is a pretty good number. And another Aussie, Cam Davis, tied for uh, – Tied for ninth at this tournament last year. Really played well last week at Maui, uh, 52 to 1. Instead of Cameron Smith, we're going to go Cameron Davis from Australia this week at uh, 52 to 1. All right, I like it. Uh, really quickly in the last 45 seconds, um, I, we didn't discuss much of college hoops because there's a massive card here today. Big yeah. one, though, in the Big 12, Kansas and Iowa State, huh? 13 yeah. points now. That number spread. seems a little bit high to me. I know. Uh, I'm not sure if Iowa State has COVID issues or what. When I looked at this number overnight, it was 11. And I said, well, that's not enough to get me on the Cyclones. They're coming off a loss at Oklahoma where yep. things really fell apart for them at the end of the game. Doesn't that number seem high to you? It does. It, and it's one of those rare times where it's pretty off the Ken Palm line, which is usually rare in college hoops. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Iowa State been getting away with murder on turnovers. Turnovers on over 20% of their possessions. So we'll have to yeah. see if that burns them here against Kansas. With that, we are all done. My guys in the desert coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.